I want to continue with last week's uh, message that we were talking about because I want to go into the second part and you'll understand in just a few minutes why I said that the song we just sang fits with where God is taking us today. We talked about last week, for those of you that were not here, just for a recap, we discussed the story of Acts chapter 27. The Apostle Paul is being transported on a ship, 275 other prisoners. He is chained on that ship. He has been called by God to go to Rome, but in order to get to Rome, he's got to go there as a prisoner. They began to set sail on this journey, and before they set out, they found a harbor. It was getting late in the year, and the storm and the seas were changing, and Paul made mention to the captain and to the uh, the commander uh, of the uh, of the of the of the uh, prisoners who was in charge of the operation he said listen if we sail we will die and the bible says that the commander of the ship took the advice of the captain and of the owner of the ship and i talked about last week that the voice you listen to will determine the future that you experience And so we had a moment there where it happened just like Paul said it would. And at the end of 27, we read where Paul has a I told you so moment. And we really see the humanity of Paul because in this whole kind of exchange back and forth, we see both Paul's faith but also his frustration. He looked at them and said, men, if you would have listened to me, we would not be here. But we talked about what Paul said and sort of the I told you so moment. And it's amazing to me that even Paul being an exceptional man of God, even being a great man of faith, even being a man who had experienced so many things up to that point in his ministry. He had been jailed. He had been stoned. He had been beaten. He had been left for dead. He had literally been starved. He had. He said there were times where I was hungry often. There were times I didn't even know where I was going to lay my head at night. Even despite all of that and the fact that he was a great man of God and all of this that we could chalk up to Paul, even Paul felt compelled to give a reason for why they were there. He said, if you would have taken my advice, here's the reason, fellows, that we're here. Paul was trying to give a reason. And like those that are on the ship that day, we in this place, we also desire to know the reason. We want to know the why. We want to know the reason. Okay, I'm on the ship. The ship's going down. But why is the reason? Paul had two things happening. What was happening in the ship was inevitable, inevitable, but the frustration came because the situation was avoidable. That's sort of the issue that we have is the fact that we've got this sort of idea that we understand our situation and the destruction of our situation is inevitable. It's going to happen. But the frustration, it feels like that our situation could have been avoidable. You know, we say things that go on in the process of our life. We say things and we say, well, this is due to the devil or it's not due to the devil. Some things we blame on the devil that really had nothing to do with the devil. Some things we do have to do with our own decisions. Problem is, both words start with D. 
Devil and decisions. They both start with the same letter. And we use the words of no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But what if the weapon formed against you is you? It's okay when I can stand and quote, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But what happens when the weapon formed against you is you? What if we understand if God's doing something? Because God will see me through. There's an old song, I think, one of the gospel groups I used to listen to, my parents did when I was a kid, that says, I've got confidence God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know He's going to fix it for me. That's great. But what about when God isn't the one taking me through it in my mind, that I'm the one that's doing it? And Paul says the statement, you should have listened to me. Here's the reason. But then on the other side, we see a man of faith. He gives the reason, but on the other end of that statement, we read it last week in Acts chapter 27, he said, but God. Here's the frustration and the faith, all wrapped up in the one. Here's the reason, but the flip side. But God. Here you understand, this is the problem. You can spend so long thinking about something that it becomes counterproductive. You can become so long analyzing your situation until that analyzing of your situation becomes counterproductive. Because we are built to want to know the reason. It's easy for me to stand up here and say, guess what? God's going to deliver you. And you watch when people say that. Come on, somebody believe today that God's going to deliver you. And half the crowd goes, yes. And the other half goes, ooh. Because the crowd that goes, yes, because we believe God's got us in this situation. Or we believe the devil's hot on our trail. So when we say God was going to deliver us, we're like, yes, we believe it. But then the other group's like, eh, but I got myself in this situation. I did this to me. I know God will take out Brother Bickley over here because God's got it and the devil's hot on his trail. But me? I did this to myself. But you know what? Here's the thing. You can call on God from any storm or any situation. The why or the reason to your situation does not disqualify you from the petition of God, I need you. We let our frustration affect our faith. Because it's easy for me to say, God, I know that you're deliverer. God, I know that you're able to do an exceeding, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. Because the devil is working against me. But I know, God, that you have given me the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over everything that treads and all that good stuff. But you can say the same thing. Because not only did he give me power over the enemy, he gave me power to overcome me. Here's something. God can deliver you from the situation that you created. If you're writing down notes, write that down. God can deliver you from the situation you created. Wait a minute, there's no way. I deserve what I'm getting. 
That's the ad. I can't tell you, Brother Middleton, I've talked to people trying to help them, but they can't see past their own situation because they feel like what they're getting is what they deserve. But here's the point. Paul had something better than reason. Paul had revelation. Because we think that it's easier if we know the reason for something or as to why we are going through something. And that's why the pastoral response can be sometimes that, you know, you'll understand it soon. Or guess what, you know, we're going to make sense of it. Sometimes we try to label stuff before we live through it. We want to label everything. Instead of living through it, we want to label it. Well, God's got me here. Or, well, this is that. And we're labeling everything instead of living through it. And notice most of the time that the label comes after we've lived through it, not when we start living through it. But here's the point. Paul understood that he had a purpose that was bigger than all this. Later on, when Paul was sitting down in his little house in Rome, next to the candlelight, as he was pinning his final epistles, he looked back on all those storms. He understood the purpose. We can look back at the storms and understand the purpose, but it's hard to find the reason when we're in the storm. We want the reason. That's what we're here for, God. Tell us the why. Well, you know what, Paul? Here's the reason. It had to happen. If Paul would have known, if you walked up to Paul, even Paul said it. I read it in the, in the NIV. Go back to uh, 27, chapter 27, and go down to uh, uh, towards the end there. What would be that verse? 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. 27, 20. Try 27, 20. I'm probably not even close. We'll try it. Oh, I was close. Go out. Next verse. And here we go. This is good. Do you have it in New King James? I feel very... I'm not, I'm not trying to get my Middle English on today. Can you do it in the New King James? Hear ye, hear ye. Oh, there we go. Thank you. But after losing from the food, Paul stood and said, Men, you should have listened to me and have not sailed from Crete and incurred disaster and loss. Paul's trying to give a reason. Here's the reason. Don't you think by that time they kind of figured that out? We shouldn't have left. Don't you think the prisoners are going, hey, hello, um, McFly, we shouldn't have left. <laughs> Later on in 22, he goes this, he says this. But Paul keeps saying, and now I urge you to take heart. We talked about in the other translations, they'd be, cur- cur- be courageous. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Next verse. But then he goes on and says, and there stood by me this night an angel of God, of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Remember last week, you got to know who you are and whose you are. Amen? Next verse 24, he says this, Do not be a prayed fall. You must be brought to Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail, granted, has granted to you all that sail with you. Next verse 25. Therefore, take heart, be courageous, men, for I believe that God, it will be just as it was told to me. What if I told you today that your situation had to happen? Ooh, it got tight quick. What if I told you right now the hell you're going through had to happen? 
What if I told you today that the storm you're in had to happen? That's what Paul was saying right there. Literally, it will happen. Well, if it will happen, then it had to happen. Later on, Paul is writing in his epistle from Rome. And when he looked back, it's no longer it will happen. Paul said, it had to happen. If I come down to you and say, you know what? Boy, let's get hard. Let's get just deep into it. The turmoil you went through, Brother Bickley, had to happen. The hurt you experienced had to happen. The abuse you went for had to happen. The rejection you felt had to happen. Man, you better be able to duck some punches. Because to us, that doesn't make any sense. You mean to tell me that God said this had to happen? Because that's not the reason we want. But the problem is we are looking for a reason and not for revelation. God is not here to give you a reason. God is here to give you revelation. I've got an older daughter. God bless her. She is special. In all kinds of ways. I love her to death. But she has got a head that is harder than that wall. Literally. And God forbid her mother and I both have hard heads. And she's got a double portion of the blessing. She got a double mantle. My God. And I'm telling you what. It's like steel. Boom. Boom. And everything we tell her. Her reaction back to us is. See, you know, you know, every parent's like, mm-hmm, I got you. I need you to go upstairs and do this. But why? I need to do this, but why? And finally, after a while, we're like, you don't need a reason. You need revelation. And here's the revelation. In my best Star Wars, I am your father. That's your revelation. If you have the revelation, then you don't need the reason. If I say to you, go upstairs and do this, your reaction is, I don't need a reason. Your reaction is, I got revelation. You're my father. You've got the revelation. Some of you are frustrated because you're seeking the reason and God's over here waving His hands and trying to say, I'm trying to give you revelation. And you're frustrated with God and you're trying to figure this all out because the problem is you're trying to piece together the reason. If you wouldn't have taken my advice, we wouldn't have ended up there. Do you think that brought any comfort to those guys? Did you think they said, Paul, man, that feels, thank you for pointing that out. Boy, we feel much better now that we're about to die, but at least we know the reason why. Do you think that really mattered? Do you think those guys got up on the ship and said, yes, thank you, Paul. It all makes sense. But Paul didn't stop with reason. Paul then gave revelation. Paul said, you should have taken my advice. But God. But God. But God. Who I am his and serve. He said. He said. You don't know what island you'll find yourself on. We're going to get that in just a minute. But one thing we know is that God showed up in the storm. 
Because the one who is with me is able to do immeasurably more than I can ask or think. The reason why God doesn't give you a reason because his revelation is greater than his reason. And if he gives you a reason, then you'll stop seeking revelation. If he gives you a reason, then you'll say, okay, well, it is what it is. But God's like, I don't need to give you a reason because my revelation is bigger than your reason. And the problem is, how much time, Brother Charmley, do we spend, Brother Tino, how much time do we spend on our knees begging God to give us a reason? And God sent us back booming silence. You ever know silence could be loud until you pray to God and get nothing back? You think silence is silence. God's silence is booming. Oh God, don't you see the storm? That I'm in here today. I'm drunk. God, you know how much hard it was for me to come into this gathering this morning with all the hell that's going on in my life. And all I've come to do today is just get a word from you to tell me why I'm going through this. God, if you would just please tell me why, I'll make it one more week. And God says, let me give you a revelation. That's not helping me, God. I need the reason. And we leave out of the, we leave out of the gathering when God speaks revelation and we leave out going, I didn't get anything from God today because God didn't tell me why I'm going through this. And God's over there going, hello, I'm giving you revelation, but you're searching for a reason and you're missing the revelation because if you get the revelation, then you don't even need a reason. You don't need a reason. We just sang it. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended. Where? In the presence. It's not in the presence of Jehovah. God will tell you why you are hurting. He will explain all your problems. Just listen to Him and He will give you the answers. That's what we want. That's the song. We would line up for hours for that song. We would just stay here for days. My God, Terry and the Holy Ghost, I'd tarry all day if I could just get a why. Give me a why. I will stay here, I will stay here all day. I will rock the Holy Ghost rock. You know how because some people can't pray sitting still. And like, and I'm, I'm one too, but you just you, you I'll rock all day if it takes that. God, give me a why. Everyone knows people get tired of praying, they just start humming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Oh, it's my soul praying. Mm-hmm. I'll do that all day if I get a reason. But sometimes I only pray five minutes for a revelation. I want a reason. But God said, I'm not trying to give you a reason. I'm trying to give you a revelation. Notice, let's go back. Let's look real quick. We need to look back just for a few minutes and I, I'm not going to be long all day. I started late and I'm going to wrap it up. But look back at Lazarus. The Bible says when they came and told Jesus about Lazarus, he actually said, he actually said, I'm glad he died. That's right. That's terrible. 
that's terrible. If I said to you, if, if, if Brother John came to me and said, Joel, my brother's dead. Yes. I would be terrible. Yeah, I'm not going to that church. That pastor has no heart. But you know why? Because God knew something beyond the reason. Because when Mary and Martha showed up, they showed up looking for a reason. They said, if you would have been here, our brother would have not died. And then Jesus tried to give Martha, who was the first one on the scene, she comes running out there, right? Because Jesus is here. She comes running out and she says, Jesus, if you would have been here, our brother would have not died. Looking and fishing. You ever know, you ever try to manipulate God? Come on, come on. We know it. My favorite one. Here's my favorite tactic. It never works, but I try it. God, you're not a respective person. Your word said you're not a respective. If you did it for them, you have to do it for me. God's like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. You go ahead and wait for that. I'll be sitting here when you're done. And she runs out there and she says, if my brother would have, if you'd have been here, God, my brother wouldn't have died. And he looks at her and says, but I'm the resurrection and the life. And you know what's crazy? Martha missed the revelation because she was hooked up on the reason. And she went and told Mary, hey, Jesus asked for you. He didn't ask for Mary. But he's like, look, if you can't get the reason, maybe he'll give it to you because he likes you. And Mary comes out there and she says, but Jesus, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And even Mary missed the revelation because she was looking for a reason. Because you know why? Jesus understood that Lazarus had to die. We would never comprehend, God, why did you have to let... We are Martha and Mary today. God, why did you have to let this happen? If you would have just been there for me, I know it wouldn't have happened. But God, in my hour of need, you were off with some other people. And we come to God and say, God, why? And God says, I'm the resurrection of life. And we go, i got to call the pastor. Maybe he can give me a reason since God's not telling a reason. Pastor, why did this happen? God forbid the pastor says because he's the resurrection of life. That's it. I'm not coming back to that church because nobody loves me. Oh, I'm in it right now. I just stepped in that one. Woo! Felt it. And now all of a sudden, now they're hooked up on the reason and missing, Brother Middleton, the revelation. Because Jesus understood, you've known me as healer, but you've got to see me as the resurrector and the life. And I can't give you the reason because I'm trying to show you the revelation. You see me in one light, but I've got to take you through this dark place so that when you come out on the other side, you see me in a revelatory light like you've never seen me before. Because Jesus knew that the hour was coming when he was going to face his passion. And he knew I cannot stay here much longer and deal with this to the point where Luke 11 says, Jesus wept. 
I've heard that verse preached so many times in so many different ways and I'm not here to say yay or nay on any interpretation but to say that Jesus wept because he felt their pain is, is not necessarily the correct interpretation. Jesus wept because he knew they missed the revelation. All the Jews, Mary goes out to the tomb and all the Jews go with her and they're all weeping and just mourning and Jesus is standing over there going, hey, hey, you're looking for the reason, but I'm the revelation. You're looking for the reason, but I'm trying to give you revelation. And some of you, You're in your storm. You're in your darkness. You're in your deep place right now. And you are so frustrated. And you are so depressed. And you're so feeling with doubt and worry. Because you feel like the reason will give you hope. But it's not reason that gives you hope. It's but God. It's the revelation. Not the reason. It's the revelation, not the reason. Three Hebrew boys stood as the music played and everybody bowed and they stood and said, we will not bow before this. And they were taken and they were put in the fire. And it seemed like such a horrible death to go through for something that was so noble and so righteous. God, why would you let these boys who stood up for you die? In such a powerful way. But understanding it was in the fire that they got the revelation that he's not a God of the fire, he's a God in the fire. And when they came out of that fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not see God the same way as they did when they went into that fire. Turn to your neighbor and say, It's not reason. It's revelation. If we're looking for the why, if we're trying to search out where the why, and I can't get past this point today, and this is where we may just stop. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are letting the devil torment you because the devil, if you don't have a why, he'll give you a why. He'll give you one. You know, you're in this because, you know, you just have made too many mistakes. I'm just This is just sort of what's happening because of what you've done. Or, or how about this? You know, God doesn't really love you because if he loved you, you would not be in this storm. God loved Paul enough that he chained him to the storm. I preached it last week. Paul was chained to his future. He couldn't get off that boat even if he wanted to. He was locked up to that boat. He couldn't escape even if he wanted to. And I said last week, thank God for the chains of the future. Not all chains are bad. Sometimes chains are good. Because chains keep you in the storm when you're trying to get out of the storm. Because it's in the storm where you get revelation. And you can spend the next 50 years of your life if you have that left. Seeking for a reason behind every storm. Seeking for a reason behind everything. Notice, look at Paul. Even he understood it. The Bible says in Acts chapter 14, I believe it was, that Paul is out preaching, sharing the gospel with with, uh, but, but Barnabas and he's out there and they're doing the work of the Lord and, and man, they're just tearing it up and miracles and I mean, they're on TV. They got the whole working going on. They are blowing it up. 
Crowds everywhere. And they got so mad at them. The Bible says they took them out of town and Paul. And they stoned him. And literally left him for dead. They stoned him and left him for dead. They just totally dead. And then, I love it. It cracks me up. This is hilarious. You ready? This is how Paul dealt with that deal, right? Come on, let's be honest. Forget being stoned. We freak out if a rock gets thrown within 10 feet of us. Oh God, why did you let that person just do that to me? Oh God. Oh, we hear about rocks being thrown and we're like, oh no. Paul got so many rocks knocked on him, he's dead. And this is what Paul did, ready? Here's what he said. Then some Jews arriving from Antioch. Hallelujah. Hey, come on somebody. Jesus, be a fence. Jesus, be a fence. Some Jews arriving from Antioch. Thank God didn't say Antioch West. Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul, dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, this is what happened. Ready? This is real spiritual. It simply says, he got up and went back into town. Literally. It wasn't a prayer meeting. It wasn't, a, it wasn't some shouting thing. They left in the dead and the Bible says, hey, he got up and went back to town. But later on, 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing a letter and he makes a statement. I knew a guy in Christ 14 years ago who went to the third heaven, who saw things and knew things and felt things and heard things that you can't even comprehend and can't even be said. I knew a man. And if you trace back the time when he wrote that letter to what happened to him, it was 14 years. He was talking about himself. It took some stones and some blood and some pain and near death to him to get a revelation that he was taken to a place he couldn't go where he was. And when he got the revelation, he got up, went back into town. And I love this. Here's the crazy part. Ready? How much time do I have got? Good Lord, it flies. Here's the crazy part. Because I, I tried to get to this, but I'm not going to be able to get to this. But it's just, I tell you, I told you this several weeks ago. The Bible makes me laugh. Because I can relate to it. Because here's Paul, right? Let's go back and let's recap. Prison, jail, beating, murder, craziness. I mean, the guy has been through everything. Chained, shipwrecked. And he finally gets on the island. He got on the island. And thank God. No. How many of you ever get out of the storm and think like, it's over now? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Woe be it unto you. And Paul gets off and I'm sure he's like, man, this is great. God's awesome. He's so good. I'm off and he's over there and he's cold and he's shivering because it's, it's fall and the water's cold. He's cold. He's like, let me go over to the fire. I got to get hot. Ooh, that feels so good. And he what? He just feels good. And all of a sudden out of the fire, a snake gets him. Now, let me tell you, Brother Tom, this is what I would have done. I'm over there by the fire, right? Because I've been through hell. 
I've got chains. I've got all of this stuff. I mean, come on. How much more can one person take? Anybody ever said that? How much more can one person? God, man, seriously. You just can't let up for a minute. Paul's over there. Boom, snake. I'd have been like, oh, come on, man. Really? Seriously, God? Can a guy catch a break? That's what I would have done. I'd have been like, you know what? Are you kidding me? Man, I'd have been standing around going, are you just, you got to be kidding me, man. I just got out of a storm. I just got out and some dumb snake going to bite me. Oh my God, I just can't deal with this anymore. But I love it. What does Paul do? Because he had revelation. He didn't need a reason. He didn't have to ask, God, why is this snake biting me after all I've been through? God, don't you know I can't take it? God, you let a snake pass it. Mm -mm, Nope. Shake it off. Some of you young folk didn't know Taylor Swift read the Bible because she said, shake it off. Shake it off. I knew a lot of you knew that song. Sometimes you got to sing it because the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. Shake it off. Shake it off. Sometimes fear is going to fear, 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 fear. But shake it off. Sometimes doubt's going to doubt, doubt, doubt. But shake it off. Shake it off. Somebody needs to turn to your neighbor and say, shake it off, baby. Shake it off. But here's the reason. You can't get the attitude of shaking until you look for the revelation. Because if you don't see the revelation, you won't shake. If you don't see the revelation, all you'll do is take everything and read the tea leaves of God. Why more? God, why? And God's like, because I'm showing you. Because this time, it's not the revelation of who you are, but I'm about to show people the revelation of the God that's in you. Because the Bible says he shook it off. And they looked at him and said, he must be somebody special. Because this happened. You see, when you get revelation of who you are, then you're able to show other people who God is. Because when you get the revelation, they'll see the revelation in you. But when you look for reason, you try to tell everybody. We try to tell oh, you know, you're going through this because. Oh, and we make up stuff because we're trying to help. But realizing it's not the reason that we need, but the revelation behind the reason. And Paul, when he's sitting there in Rome, Writing all this, he looks back to those moments and understood the reason why it happened. It had to happen. I don't want to tell somebody this because I don't have enough equipment up here to protect myself from the things you want to throw back at me. But what you're going through has to happen. No, God! It had to happen. Yes, there's a Rome in your future. And your detour does not cancel your destiny. Yeah, Paul detoured to Malta, but the detour was not a cancellation of a destiny, but preparation for the destiny. Because if he didn't learn to shake it off in Malta, you think he was going to be able to roll into Rome? Into the camp of the enemy? And deal with all that if God did not teach him The revelation? Some of you want to skip to your destiny without visiting your Malta. Because it's Malta that shows you the revelation. Not the reason. Do I want to avoid? Go look at, look up. Do you know maps can preach? 
Go look at Paul's journey on a map. If you've got a Bible with maps in it, look at the back of it. Paul's journey to Rome. It's not a straight line. It's, and then a big dip as they went off course with the storm. Science makes terrible theology. Because science says the straightest distance, the shortest distance between two lines, two points is a straight line. That's great science, but terrible theology. Because God doesn't work with science. God works with theology. The best way between two points is not the straight line of purpose, but it's the revelation of the journey. Brother Trombley talked about it today. It's not the arrival, it's the process. Because it's the process that gives you the revelation that you need. I don't have reasons for your situation today. I don't have reasons why you're going through what you're going through. Well, you may know. Well, it's me because I've done it. I made stupid choices. Well, okay. But even that's not the reason. Because God's able to reach in any situation. You don't need reason. You need revelation. God, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I'm the resurrection and the life. God, if, if you would have just helped me out of this situation, I wouldn't be going through all I'm going through. But I'm the resurrection and life. I wish I had reason. But honestly, reason doesn't stop the storm. Reason doesn't change the fact that the wind is blowing and the boat's going down. I don't need the reason. I need the revelation. If I sit here today and try to tell you the reason, I would be doing you a disservice. I would be doing you a disservice if I try to give you a reason Because in the end, Paul understood the wind was controlling the boat, but God was controlling the wind. The revelation that Paul received when he saw the other side of the but God moment. Here's the reason, boys, you're in this because you didn't take my advice. But God. And it will happen. And in the end, it had to happen. You know what? Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. That word tribulation literally means pain, problem, pressure, difficulty. Hell. Call it whatever you want to call it. But be of good cheer. There's not the reason. This is the revelation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's not a reason for what I'm going through. That's a revelation when I'm in it. That's not a reason to why your life has turned out the way it is. Why did God take you there and back here and over there and all this stuff seems to not work? But you know what? I don't have a reason. But in this, God's trying to give you revelation. Just me and you, room is empty. But hasn't been easy. You made some choices and other things haven't been out of your control. And it seems like it has been one thing after another. And after a while, it's like, God, can I catch a break? Something go my way. Can something, God, help me? Something. And then you start checking. You know, man, am I just, maybe it's me, right? Man, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm doomed to this life, right? 
He's laughing because he knows it's true. And you're quiet because you know it's true. God, you know, the devil's great too. He's like, you know, you might as well just quit and give up because you know it's never going to work out. And when you do think it's going to work out, just going to let you know that's when it's all going to fall apart. But in that, it's not the reason, but it's finding the revelation. Because when I get the revelation, I can face any storm. Because it's not the reason that gets me through it. It's the revelation of who he is. Do you want peace in your storm today? i got news for you. Here's how you get it. Don't seek for the reason. Seek for the revelation. Anybody on a boat today, you know that's out of control? crashing against the waves of life, the winds of circumstance are blowing you off course and you can't see no matter what you do to get your life back on track and it seems like all hope is lost and I could sit here today and go, well, if you listen to the preacher, you wouldn't be there. That wouldn't help you today. Well, if you'd have listened to me, I tried to tell you this several weeks ago in a message, not to do this, but you didn't listen, so it's your fault. That doesn't help you. Because it's not the reason that matters. It's the revelation that you need. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty. The revelation, Brother Trombley, is not my troubles and not my broken heart. The revelation is it's His presence that makes the difference. I don't need you to tell me, God, why I have troubles. I don't need you to tell me why my heart is broken. But I just need to get in your presence. That's the difference between reason and And revelation, I don't have reason today. I don't have reason why your life is the way it is. I don't have reason why your marriage is the way it is. I don't have reason why your your childhood was the way it was. I don't have reason. I can't tell you the reason. And I don't know it. And I I can't even make it up. Because it's not the reason that you need, but the revelation that you have. And I've watched people who sought for the reason They never found it. When they finally gave up and got the revelation, their whole life changed. I've seen people that have grown up feeling unloved, feeling abused, feeling hurt, being abused, being hurt, not just feeling it happen. And they seek for the reason of God, why did you let this happen to me? I was just a child. But when they get older, they say, but God loves me just the way I am. And not that it takes away the pain and eliminates the past, but the revelation that he gives me is greater than the reason behind the storm. It's not the reason today, folks, that will make your life change. It's the revelation that will change you. Would you stand with me today? I've gone just a few minutes longer than I normally do but I don't apologize for that because I feel the Holy Ghost tugging at the heart of someone in this room today. I feel the Spirit of God trying to tell you today because God has heard your prayer. God has heard the cry of your heart. God has heard your petitions, even those that have been done with great tears. And God has not answered you, not because He doesn't love you, but because you ask for the wrong thing. Well, that was, I'm feeling, that's prophetic for somebody, I'm telling you. 
That wasn't just words from my, my, my mind. That was prophetic. Some of you have prayed and asked God and you have sought God with tears and you have begged God and He has seemingly not answered you and you question, does God even hear me and does God even love me? But I tell you today and the Holy Ghost, it's because you're asking for the wrong thing. If you would change what you're asking, He'll give you the answer. But He can't give you the answer because you're asking the wrong question. You can listen to the voice of the adversary all you want, tell you all the things that disqualify you. But if you would listen to the voice of the Father that says, open your eyes and see me differently. I said it last week, and I'm trying to close, but I said it last week. Young boy runs out there, the prophet, he runs to the prophet and says, prophet, hey, we got a problem. There's a lot of guys out there, and they got shiny swords, sharp knives, horses, everything. We're in trouble. Prophet doesn't beat him up. He said, buddy, let me tell you something. You don't need reason. You need revelation. Lord, open his eyes. He opened his eyes. He said, there's more for us than there are with him. He didn't need a reason anymore. He got a revelation of the greatness of God. And the revelation did not change his circumstances, but his revelation gave him faith and strength in his circumstances. Turn to your neighbor and say, it will happen and it has to happen. It will happen and it has to happen. It will happen. Just as we close, grab somebody next to you. We're going to pray. And we're going to ask God, God, open our eyes and give us revelation. Come on, pray that for a second with your neighbor. Grab a hold of them by the hand. Put your hand on the shoulder and say, Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus, open the eyes of my friend. Open the eyes of my neighbor. Open the eyes of my family member that's next to me. God, I pray now that a spirit of revelation would be loosed in them today. Open their eyes that they would see. Open their eyes, God. Open their eyes. Give them revelation. God, it's not reason that we need, but revelation that we need. God, we need revelation of who you are. We need revelation of the power of grace. We need the revelation of the, of the far-reaching power of mercy. We need a revelation of your blood. We need a revelation of Calvary. We need a revelation of who you are. We need revelation, not reason. Hallelujah. Just real quick. I know it's I know we're done. I know we're done. But just do this with me just for a second as a closing prayer. Let's do it together. We don't need music. We're just going to freestyle it. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Come on, say it as a prayer. Oh, say, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Yes, I want to see you. Say it this way. 
See you high and lifted up. Oh, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we cry, holy, 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 to see you high and lifted up. Oh, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. Say that. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Say that again. Singing, holy, 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 yes. Holy, 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 sing. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Tell them that one more time, Lord, I want to see you. High and lifted up. Shining in the eye of your glory. Pour out your power in love as we cry, Holy, holy, holy. Praise God. The Lord bless you greatly. Please go be a part of a small group today. Go be used to the Lord in a small group. Next Steps UTB. Please stop by the booth. Sign up. Help us break down. Shake somebody's hand. Give to the Lord. God bless you.